Thanks for tuning in and welcome to Same As It Ever Was, where we literally don't know what we're going to talk about. Hey, everybody. What's up there, brother? Hey there, guy. How's it going down there in Virginia land? Heard you're on lockdown. We just got locked down. It's crazy. We've been on lockdown for about a week here. Actually, no, on a, you got it on a uh, on a state level down there, yeah? Uh, yeah, it's now on a state level. Yeah, they have yet to do that up here. They, uh, they've got us all, at least as far as I know. I know they had the local one here in my hometown. Um but I, I'm not sure if they actually issued an actual shelter-in-place order for the whole state. Um, they shut all the gun shops down, and people are really up in arms about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. They they uh, shut down the ABC stores. Uh, did they really? Yeah. Oh, the liquor. Boy. For those of you that aren't in uh, a a state-controlled uh area like that that is that is abc is the state controlled liquor places so like mostly commonwealths have it like pennsylvania i know does and i think north carolina maybe but we have them too so yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of states massachusetts they call it a packy a packy uh, a packy it's the package store that's where you oh, okay. go i uh, well when, yeah, I, go when i when i was when i was going to school up in uh when i was going to school up in boston you know, that was one of the things you learned real quick was that liquor store closes at midnight and does, and you can't get any kind of beer or, or, or alcohol on Sundays. So when football season rolled around, you better make sure you're stocked up on Saturday, because if you forget to pick up beer for football Sunday, you're asked out. So. Well, welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome, I'm Jeremy. Welcome, welcome. I'm Jimbo. And uh, yes. we're on now. What is what are we, this episode four? Episode four, and literally this one can be called the Phantom Menace because what we're dealing with uh, around the world cannot be seen. No, it can't be. <laughs> Odd. 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 <laughs> strange air. There's but strange for, air. For our new listeners, uh, we're not we're not at all qualified to be doing uh, a talk show podcast whatever you want to call it we're just two dudes who drink and know things uh speaking of drinking what yes. you got anything in front of you right now actually or? all i've got is some water i've been pounding a lot of water i've been feeling a little under the weather the past uh like four days or so so i'm trying to you know trying to, to power my way through it you know um but i'm sure that probably after we get done with our, our little program here i might uh imbibe a little bit you know it helps with the sleeping but yeah, yeah. Jim's uh, your weapon of choice these days have been the uh, vodka and and uh, seltzer water, right? No, no, no. Uh, vodka and the diet seven up. No sugar, oh. no sugar. But, you know, you got all the flavor. So plenty of saccharin. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I can't get enough of that. <laughs> any, any, if, any? If I, as if I don't have enough problems in this world, I need more saccharin. Any chemically enhanced yeah. sugar flavoring will do. Absolutely. I, you know, in my coffee, in my cocktail, you know, whatever I can do to up those saccharin levels, I'm, I'm on it. So, yeah, that in the uh, – it's either that or the single malt. So, yeah, big fan of the single malt, as you well know. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, all great choices. Uh, you know, they all do the, the same thing. So whatever sure. you whatever you like. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's ha- get back. What do I have in front of me? Yeah, uh, I'm I'm doing local local brewery in town that just uh, you know right across the street from me. Basically, uh, it's a one of their latest stouts that they have released. Mm. Uh, super flavorful. Flavorful. Super flavorful. Yes, that is a word. Flavorful. What's that? What's that is that? that is a word. That is, you know, you're 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 enunciating correctly. Flavorful. 
flavorful. So uh, they, you know, I've been with this brewery since day one. Who is it? Uh, Commonwealth Brewery. Okay, giving a shout out there to Commonwealth. They are great. Yeah. We've been down there. Actually, if you look at the uh, if you look at the the photo from our our podcast page, it's actually a photo for of us right out uh, right out next to uh, Commonwealth. Yeah, the outside area. Yep, which is great. Can't do that anymore. But uh, like I said, I've been with them from the beginning, and they have they have grown from those first days of of making beer and now man they just released some stuff uh foo-foo beer okay you know, some people some people who like the coors light or right you know but you know anything like that yeah like the, i think this one has uh it has kona coffee oh wow marshmallows okay to- toasted coconut holy is this are you, is the name of this s'more is it a s'more? i'm gonna i'm about to tell you what it is um cacao nibs cacao cacao okay and and vanilla beans oh wow so but with the kona coffee i you know it's called aloha nuiloa look right on hey that is you know what 12 percent 12 percent holy mackerel yeah that's getting towards uh yeah that's that's getting on the upper reaches there well, you know, so, but, and I, you know, talk to my nephews about these things because, you know, they're, they're in their twenties. Some of them are starting to get like getting close to 30 age, but they'll still go out and get like a case of like Bud Light. Oh right? yeah. Natty, Natty Light. Well, they, no, they're, that was like maybe, you know, like five or six years ago oh, but they'll, right, they'll, okay, okay. or, or because they all live in Texas, Dos Equis. Right. right now, they'll, oh, yeah. Yeah. They'll, they'll get that. And I'm like, yeah, but you know. Here's the deal. Like you it takes you that's like between you know 4 and 5% beer. So like it it and I'm not good at math, but you know, 2 to 3 beers versus my one that I can sip on. Yes. Because you know, uh, a beer like what I just I just told you, you don't really want to drink cold. You want it room temperature because that, that that's when the flavor comes out. Right, right, right. But a twelve percent beer—that's almost like a glass of wine. Oh, and, sure. You know, you're not pounding a glass of wine, and not to mention the fact that, like, the the calories, the empty calories that are in a beer that you're going to drink, like, you know, pound eight to twelve. Right. You know, in in the younger twenty ages, yeah. You know, you know, I'm trying to, I'm I'm trying to get rid of the dad bod because that's not in, that's not in season anymore. <laughs> you know not, what I mean? No like, longer in vogue. It's, that's right bot is no longer in vogue nope that was that was <laughs> you know all all those stars yeah that had the dad bod yep they've all become superheroes in movies or whatnot so then now it's like they went and lost it and now they're ripped again oh yeah and so you know now now i've now i've got a i you know i, I don't think i've i've never been ripped uh, yeah neither have i <laughs> well I, maybe the the closest i ever got was the end of recruit the best shape I was ever in in my life. But aside from that, no, I've never been ripped. Um, coming off of deployment, I was in pretty damn good shape, you know, being on a ship with nothing to do, but go to the gym. Yeah. That'll do it to you. You but, know, and, uh, and, and, you know, like you got, you got all these different diets going on out there, you know, uh, it's just, and, and believe me, I have my kryptonite foods. Like sure, I think we all do. Yeah. Pasta. Mm. I I can I can I can go to town on some pasta and it's like I don't yeah. have a I don't have a stop button. That's that's my wife's kryptonite food. She and my daughter, they're both insane pasta fanatics. They could eat it like three times a day and be completely content. I can't do that. I I mean I like it, but for me, if I had to pick a kryptonite food, man, pizza. Oh no! I, I, oh don't yeah! I love pizza. Uh, Oh my god! I could eat pizza every day. <laughs> so much so that you know, I I'm not um, a bar stool like I don't listen to that a whole lot, right? But what I do love, I love uh, Dave Portnoy. He's the guy that's the CEO of Barstool Sports. Uh, he has an app called uh, One Bite App, and it and he 
on his own. It's still se- it, it's kind of separate from Barstool, but he doesn't. Uh, he has a pizza app that he goes and rates all these pizzas, right? Oh, uh, all through New York, you know, the whole, you know, just that area of Jersey. You know, he, he's gone to Nantucket, down to Florida. He's been to a lot of places. He's been to my alma mater's famous pizza place, Shakespeare's Pizza in uh, Columbia, Missouri. Wow. He, he, he went there because it was voted, like, who's got the best college pizza? And his, his, he has a rating of, you know, zero to ten, right? But he's never given anything over, like, a nine-three. Okay. And his whole thing is one bite. Everybody knows the rules, right? So you're only supposed to take one bite, even though he doesn't. Of course. Um, that's his little saying, that one bite, everybody knows the rules. And then he will, like, he takes a bite out of it. He, he holds up the pizza, and looks to see how much it droops. Sure. Because he, you know, and this is based on his preferences. Like yeah. he likes the, the the crunchy bottom. Right. And then he'll take a bite, chew on it for a little bit. Okay. And then he'll go straight to the crust uh, that you hold and, and take a bite out of that. Yeah. He may take another bite. But like a rookie score is anything that's like, oh, I'll give it an 8.0. Okay. So he always will give 8.3, 8.4, whatever. And one of my little things when I'm really, really bored is I'll watch it and I'll try to guess based on his reactions what he's going to give him. Does he? And, does he, and has, I get pretty close. Has he ever actually rated like frozen store-bought pizza? Okay, so he'll go to Sabaros, He'll go to Little Caesars. He, go, he does all those, right? Uh-huh. He, he mainly focuses because there's so many pizza places in New York City. He goes sure. to those. Uh, that's a story for another time when, when, when I went to, my band went to New York City and I took the band on this, hey, let's go to this place, let's go to this place. But So now that New York City's quarantined, he's been doing reviews on the Frozen. That's awesome. Because because he can't go out and do it, right? And this That's is his cool. thing. Yeah, so yeah. he just went out and bought all these different types of frozen pizzas, and he's doing all the reviews on the frozen yeah, pizzas. Those are the ones that I would love to see. <laughs> because, I mean, to be honest with you, the majority of the time that we're eating pizza in our house, it's usually frozen pizza. You know, it's cheap. It's easy. You grab it at the store, throw it in the oven, whatever. And to be honest, it's, it's kind of crazy because – Again, it's my kryptonite food. Every time that we've ever moved somewhere, and we've lived in a lot of places, um, that is almost one of my immediate first things that I need to do once we get settled in. I need to identify the primo pizza joint that's in the area that we live in. Because I know that that's the place that I need to be ordering from, you know. And... um, you know, around here, there's there's uh, several places, but uh, there's one that's over the next town over that has been a favorite of mine since I was a little kid. This uh, pizza joint over in Bath, Maine, called uh, the Cabin. How I'm far there. is Bath, Maine, from you? Uh, fifteen minutes. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. that's one of the, you know, I only know you know Navy Town, so like, right, right. I know Bath. Yeah. Yep. Um, and the and the cabin is actually literally right across the street from the shipyard over there where they build all the Navy ships. Um, incredible pizza. But most of the time, like I say, that we're, we're having it, it's usually, you know, frozen pizza, which has come a long, long, long way. Um, you know, I remember back in the day when it was like, you know, when you ordered, I mean, when you bought frozen pizza at the grocery store, you know, your mom bought it or whatever. I mean, it was like cardboard. It was ridiculous, you know. And now, obviously, you've got these pizzas that have, like, a rising crust or they've got cheese in the crust. And, I mean, some of them are actually pretty darn good for being frozen pizza. But I would be very interested to see his sort of analysis of some of these other ones, like uh, like so here, Stouffer's here we French go. Bread Pizza. Stouffer, Hold on. Stouffer's here, Bread. So he started this a week ago. Okay. He did – he's done a DiGiorno. Yep. Okay. Uh Amy's frozen pizza. No, I haven't had that. If you saw, if you saw the box, I guarantee you know what it was. Right. Uh, Elio's frozen pizza. Yep. Tombstone. Oh, that would be interesting. Screaming Sicilian frozen pizza. If I've, you saw the box, I yeah, guarantee you'd see it. I think I've actually bought that before. 
Home Run Inn frozen pizza. Okay. Uh, Red Baron frozen yes. pizza. Yeah, I mean, Cornerstone frozen pizza right there. Two days ago, he did the Stouffer's French bread pizza. Yes. And then he, and then yesterday he did Papa Gino's. Ah, okay, yep. So hey, you know what? The guy is third. Like he, he's t- he, like I said, he's he's done everything from like what people consider and New Yorkers, whatever, whatever city you're from, consider the best. Yeah. And now he's doing, you know, Stouffer's. Well, I will tell you when we lived because there was a, a period of time where we were living out in Long Island. Uh, we lived out in Nassau County in East Meadow, and uh, it was probably about, I don't know, 30-minute trip to get into the city, depending on traffic, and that was variable, as you can imagine. Um, but I was watching this show that was on the History Channel, and it was a show you maybe have seen episodes of it. It was on a while ago, but it was called American Eats. And okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah they would always focus on a particular type of food that sort of made America America you know um, like they would have one episode that would be about the fast food hamburger industry you know um, and there was one that they did that was all about pizza you know and they identified the original pizza joint in America and I'm sure there are multiple places that claim to be the first but as far as this show is concerned the original pizza joint in America is a pizza place down in Soho, I believe it is, in New York City, called Lombardi's. And, you know, they do, they do the whole brick oven pizza and all this stuff. So we actually went down there at one point. I was like, you know what, man? If Lombardi's is the original pizza joint and we live here in New York, we got to go downtown and check out this pizza joint. And we went down there. It wasn't bad. I mean, they were kind of small, but, I mean, it was all genuine i mean no brick oven pizza you know yeah. real mozzarella the whole nine yards the show was very interesting because it obviously traces sort of you know the growth of the industry all the way up to modern day where you've got like you know a company like Domino's, and how Domino's as a company absolutely blew wide open the whole pizza delivery market you know because i mean you remember back when i mean the guarantee you got from amato's was you know, you order a pizza from them, you get it in 30 minutes or less, or it's free. Domino's, right? Yeah, Domino's. Oh, yeah. And then the whole legal thing happened, and drivers are like, yeah. They had to put an end to that because people got hurt. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, and then every other place became delivery pizza place. But, you know, it was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty interesting show. Pretty, if you go, if you, if you're in New York, I mean, after all the craziness is over and you get an opportunity, go check out Lombardi's. It's historic, you know, um, pretty cool place to check out. Well, it, so. and isn't isn't in New York City? It's like every place. I think it's Rays. Oh yeah, like there's there's, Rays, a, there's a Rays, Rays and the original fa- famous Rays. <laughs> yeah, and the original original Ray is like, come on, whoever yeah. Ray is, he's got the market corner. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's running a racket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a thing, you know. Yeah, you know, no. somebody somebody's. Oh no, you need to go to Ray's on Forty Second. Yeah, yeah, no, you know. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not the original Ray's. You got to go to the original original Ray's. <laughs> and 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 that's that's the thing that that Portnoy does is like. He will, he will go in a place, and sometimes people recognize him, and they try to prep the best, you know, like, all right, I know what he's looking for, whatever, but it is what it is. Right. But he was like, he'll, like, hey, listen, people, they're charging three ninety nine. This is a $0.99 cent slice of pizza. I'm telling you right now, yeah. this is a $0.99 cent pizza. Right. Like, like, don't, no, like, no. And he'll yell it, like, you know, he does not care. Like, no, no, no. This, <laughs> yeah. He doesn't care. Like, hey, you know. Uh, so, well, make Mondays, sure, make sure well, oh. real, real quick. Just make sure that you, if you can, um, share the the link on our page um, for folks who might want to pull up that whole thing uh, with Portnoy and this thing. That, oh yeah, no, it might be kind of yeah. cool for folks to, to check out on their own. It's fun. I I love it. Like you know, and he's like one bite. Everyone knows the rules. And there's some characters. Sure. When he goes into certain towns, like he was like, I gotta get an Uber. There's this one lady. She's like the she's like the large Marge of like Rhode Island, you know. <laughs> and he's like, I'm I'm because she was a character. He's like, yeah. So I got this Uber ride from the airport. We're just flying in just to go to this place. 
you know, and and now she's a character in in the in the actual like show, I guess right, you right. could say. That's awesome. So yeah, it's amazing. Like yes, that's awesome. very cool. So new music Monday. Yep, this is our thing. You know, Thursdays we do what's your last YouTube video, and Mon- uh, Monday is new music Monday. You got anything? What do you got? I do actually. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was digging around and. I don't know if you're aware of who just released an album on the 27th of this month. First studio album in seven years. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I saw something about this. Uh, I'm trying to use my brain right now. Oh, it's, on the, ah, it's on the tip of the tongue. Tip of the I, tongue. Tip of the tip tea. Of the tongue, tip of the tea. Yep, yep. Well, I'll give it. It's an older band. It's an older band. It's an older band. I mean, not terribly older. It's older. Yeah, uh, Pearl Jam. Yes, yes. Actually, just released uh, a couple days ago. Released something to the moon. Something about moon. No, the name of the album is uh, Gigaton. Gigaton. But so didn't they delay the release because of what's going on? And I think that there had been something about that. I think that there was, I think that they may have delayed. There were some, I think that, uh, I think I had read something about how maybe one or more of the singles that were being released off the album got leaked and they wanted to hold off the official release until they could control that or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I actually gave, uh, I, I looked at, I saw that and I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, I'm not a huge Pearl Jam fan, but it'd be interesting to hear what they sound like after seven years of, you know, waiting for a studio album. Um, and so, they, so when is it, when is it time for a rock and roll Hall of Fame band to call it quits? Oh, I don't know if that's, I mean... The Stones called it quits. I mean, I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's a time when you just say enough's enough. I mean, this, I mean, and obviously we're talking about the Rolling Stones, and by no means am I ever going to compare Pearl Jam to the Rolling Stones. But I mean, the Stones put out music now, and you know, it's still on well, the charts. So, so the the last album they released was a blues album. I got it. Then maybe that's a that's a story uh, for for another another show. Okay, I have a. I'm de- directly related to that blues album, but but no, they they put out a blues album because you know they started out as a blues band, right? Sure. Yep. Um. But yeah, just I, you know, it's it's just one of those things. It's like, why why are you doing this? Do you really have that much art left in you? I don't. I don't know. I'm just you know. I'm I don't being know. Controversial. I, mean, I, think I think that it's one of those things where I'm sure that. You know, I, I think that it's probably for the guys in the band. It's one of those things where, you know, after they released their last album and they had to go pound the road for it, you know, and I mean, I don't even know. I'd have to look it up. But I mean, Eddie Vedder, I mean, how old is Eddie Vedder now? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, you know so I mean, we we had a discussion in the household uh, about the Beatles. Yeah. And you know, and I said it, I said it today at work is like, yeah, you know, the Beatles were only a band for eight years. Yeah. I mean, people like absorb that. Well, and I, really, and, yeah. and they stopped, they stopped touring. I want to say maybe right after Rubber Soul. Yeah, it was like 66. I think they stopped touring. Yeah. So they had like seven or eight albums after that, that they didn't tour. Right. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I think that's, you know, well, the Beatles are sort of, the thing that I find interesting about the Beatles, I mean, there are many, many things, obviously, um, aside from being the first actual, like, rock band, you know, um, but was the fact that, like you say, that they were only together for such a short period of time, and yet they transformed themselves the way that they did within that very short period of time you know i mean when you look at the beatles from 64 and then you look at them in 1967 68 you know when all of a sudden i mean they're going from you know she loves you yeah 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 to you know octopus's garden yeah 
I mean, yes, dude, that's crazy when you think about that. Like, in your opinion, and you know, everyone's got their opinion. What's your What's your favorite album? Um, to be honest with you, I would say Abbey Road. Okay, I, mean, I think Abbey Road's my favorite. I mean, they're all great. Don't get me wrong. I think the thing that I love about Abbey Road is that, um, and some people, um. Uh, some people may know this. Many people do not. Many people believe that Let It Be, uh, you know, the final album that the band released was actually the final album they recorded. And that's not necessarily true. No, no. that's um, just when, yeah, yeah. Abbey Road was actually the last album that they actually did together. And I think the thing that I find very interesting about Abbey Road is how it is so clearly defined as you can see in it in in the album the writing that paul and john were not writing together anymore you know this right. is one of the most powerhouse writing duos um out there at the time all the way through the 60s writing all of these hits uh i mean you think of mccartney and lennon is like you know i mean you name it uh any other you know songwriting duo out there um you know and it was so clear by the time they got to the end that they were just absolutely estranged from each other. And, you know, you can hear in, you know, one side of the album is Paul's side and the other side of the album is John's side. And you can hear how different their ideas were. Um, and I find that very interesting. I mean, it's great stuff. It's amazing music. Um, but that in, in and of itself sort of sets it aside from uh, a lot of the other albums. How about you? What do you think is your I, favorite? I always go back to Rubber Soul, man. Really? Yeah, you know, Drive My Car. Yep. Um, Michelle. Yep. Uh, In My Life. Sure. You know, I like, uh, if I needed someone, uh, Nowhere Man. Yeah. 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 It's amazing stuff. I mean, it's <laughs> like, is, in that in that album, in that album, you can really see where they are about to make this leap away yes. away from this pop driven, you know, uh, market driven or, or or industry driven songwriting. You know, they're just about to make this leap into very experimental stuff. You know. Um, and you can hear a little bit of it in those songs like you're talking about. You can hear a little bit of that experimental thing sort of coming in. Um, and it's amazing, like you said. I mean, within a couple of years, all of a sudden you turn around and it's like they're doing Sgt. Pepper, you know? Yeah, and then Magical Mystery Tour. Yeah. You know, I was like, yeah. what? Yep. <laughs> Abs- you know, I am the wall. Even, like, even the cover of Magical Mystery. Oh, well, you know, Sgt. Pepper. Yep that cover too sure but yeah dude like yeah pretty amazing. it's it's all about the time too all right gigaton yeah i you know um you know i thought it was kind of interesting like i say you know i think that it's one of those things where the band probably after their last album and having to go hit the road for it and everything you know you get to this point where it's not like these guys you know want for money I mean, I'm sure that they're are, set. are they i wonder if they're are they still a slave to a label I do not have a clue. I don't know. I wonder that. Yeah. I mean, but the the whole point just simply being that they, you know, I'm sure that, you know, it's not as if they're, they're like, oh my, you know, like they need the money, you know, I mean, although you never know, I mean, read some of these books, you know, read some of these books from people who've been around some of these bands that should have been, you know, up to their ears and money and were dirt broke because of the label, you know, the, the contracts they signed or the way that they lived or whatever it was, you know, you had these people that should be filthy rich. Um, and speaking of being filthy rich and being a songwriter, I did hear a thing just recently talking about Paul McCartney is actually, I think the richest, what is it? The like richest pop star in the world or something. Um, said how much i think he's worth like 11 billion dollars or some ridiculous amount of money um but anyway uh i digress uh, he's the he's the gordon gecko yeah songwriter it's ridiculous his his the money that man has is just absolutely insane you know um 
but anyway, you know, I think it's probably something like that. You take a break, get your head together, figure out what it is. You know, do you want to keep doing this thing? They decide they want to get together and, and do this album. I listened to a couple tracks off of it. I listened to one of the singles and then one of the other tracks. Um, the one single that I listened to is, I think it's called uh, Dance of the Clairvoyance, is one of the singles okay. that was released off of it. Um, uh, you listen to that, um, I would say, uh, think, think you too releasing oh. releasing Octung Baby. Okay, well, all right. So huge U2 fan. Yeah, and I loved Octung Baby. Like, yeah, that, yeah. Big, big break. There was a, like what happened with U2 when they came out with Octung, because there were a lot of people that were U2 fans when they came out with Octung Baby were like, what in the hell is this? Oh, man. I I was just, I thought that was awesome. But it was, I thought yeah. Zuropa, and then once it came out with Pop, it's like, Ugh. You know, but yeah. it, it just it was a complete gear shift, you know. Well, yeah, because you know, they you you can go back like boy had some good album or good good songs, but like once you two rattle and hum, yeah, which was really a continuation of Joshua Tree. Sure. Once Rattle and Hum came out, like they bam. Yep. Well they, know, they that, were the biggest that, they were the biggest rock and roll band in the world. At the, I mean at yeah. that point the biggest rock and roll band in the world and what was great was that's my generations our generations like u2 and rem it is like beatles rolling stone oh sure in my opinion no i agree i mean for our like you say for our generation they were the super group you know the super group of our generation um but like i say when they came out with octone baby complete paradigm shift in the way that they sounded and the way that they were writing songs um the way their look the presentation of the band was oh yeah different. when 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 bono invented the character the fly right yeah i mean and, and like i say and it's not that drastic i mean because if you see the video for uh dance of the clairvoyance their look is not you know they're much older now than they were when they released, you know, what was the the big first album? Pearl Jam. Yeah. What was it? Oh, uh, 10. 10. That's right. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you, you listen to some of that stuff, even flow, you know, very uh, it's blues driven rock and roll, you know, Jer Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy, all of that stuff, you know, and they did, and you know, in the subsequent albums, they got a little, you know, they're pushing the boundaries a little bit. Um, but this, you know, that this single is, is very, uh, you know, very mechanical, you know, synthetic sounding. Um, it's not a bad tune, but then I listened to one of the other uh, singles. I can't remember what it was, uh, what it was called. But to a little more of what you think of when you think of Pearl Jam, you know, right? Um, you know, maybe not real rock and tune, you know, sort of blues driven rock, but a little more of what you sort of think of when you think of Pearl Jam. So, but what what are so because we we grew up that I I, I would say that Pearl Jam is is one of our bands of our generation because of our generation. It's one of our bands, right? Yeah, yeah. Is it still grunge? No, I don't think that that's that's not. I don't even know what that is now, you know. I, is there is there anything that is that is grungy? Yeah, I don't think so. I think I I in my opinion, I think that that whole sort of, um, you know, the the whole grunge thing has metamorphosized into you know other things. You know. Because think, let's think about this. Let's 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 take country, right? Yeah, you have country and western. Yep. But a bunch. Yep. But you know, it's evolved into you know uh, what people call bro country, which is just a very cookie cutter uh, pop, type thing. It's pop country. Yeah. Po yeah. Po yeah. What? Well, yeah. If you want to call that, it's, you know, I, bro country. I, I've joked for a long time. I've joked for a long time about how, because there was a couple of years ago, and I think I told you this story at, at one point. Um, there was a, 
uh, there was a song a few years ago, and some folks out there might be fans of this, but it was a song called Small Town Throwdown. And I don't remember the <laughs> name of the guy who did this song, but it was the lyrics are like small town throw down. Uh, what is it? Uh, something, something up, but your tailgates down, you know, whatever. And I see the video for this song because I hear it and I'm like, okay, it's pop country. And I see the video for this, this song, right on TV. And I swear, Jeremy, <laughs> I thought if I hadn't, li- if I wasn't listening to music, I would have thought that I was listening to, I thought I, I would have thought I was seeing like a Motley Crue video. I mean, yes. it was like these women who were in it are all like super sexed out. You know, they're all like where it's like you're watching the video for girls, 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 you know? And, yes. you know, the, the drummer's got a mohawk and he's covered in tattoos and I, I looked at this and all of a sudden I thought to myself, now I know where all the hair bands went to die. They all moved to Memphis or they all moved to Nashville and they're writing pop country. <laughs> That's where they all went. So if you're wondering where Firehouse went, if you're wondering where Firehouse or Slaughter, any of those other you know cherished bands of the late 80s, early 90s, they're now living in Nashville writing country music. Just if you're wow. wondering. <laughs> wow. Anyhow, wow. anyhow, I'm sorry. I, that was a tangent. Uh... <laughs> Where am I? Yeah. Where am I? What, what, what just happened? What happened? How, how did all these people get in my room? <laughs> so anyway, you were saying country music. Oh, yeah. No, there, there's just, you know, it, it's evolved, but that at some point people always go back to what I would call like the troubadour style of country music. Uh, George Strait yeah. being, you know, absolutely. And that's, I mean, when it comes to country music for me, that's what I want to listen to. You know, when I listen to country music, I want to listen to, you know, I want to listen to Willie Nelson. You know, I want to listen to, you know, Johnny Cash. I want to listen to, you know, Patsy Cline. You know, like we'll sit, we, we were talking the other day in the last episode here, I think we were talking about board games, you know, cause obviously yes. we're all shut down here and, you know, try, you know, trying to find stuff to do to stay busy. And, well, wait, are we talking about B-O-R-E-D games or B-O-A-R-E? Yes, like Hasbro, <laughs> like, like games from Hasbro. Yeah, yeah, and and they're doing the revamps. Right, but I mean, you know, we have certain games that we play, like we, you know, we play like, you know, Yahtzee. You know, there was a time when I my nicknames from my nickname for my wife was the was the Yahtzee Nazi, because she was so mental about it. But um, you know, Yahtzee or Phase Ten, Mexican. Oh yeah, I love Phase Ten. Phase Ten. Yeah, you know. So anyway, but the point is, is that like a lot of times when we're listening, like when we're playing those games. I'll honestly put on, I'll pull up Pandora and I'll put on like the Willie Nelson, you know, station, you know, the Waylon Jennings station. So basically, basically what you're doing is psychological warfare. <laughs> it's, you know, I think the thing that, I think the thing that your wife is like, why are we listening oh, to no. that? She, ah. she, and she loves it because she loves like old Patsy Klein and stuff like that too. Uh, Loretta Lynn. I mean, Cause she grew up, you know, her, I, my parents did not listen to country music. My, you know, my parents were older. I mean, my mom was really a big fan of classical music. Um, well, I, I, I would say have, they listened to Chris Christopherson. They probably listened to, um, cause back in like the seventies and eighties when the cowboy was in, you know, rhinestone cowboy oh, yeah. and all that stuff. And like people were listening right. Yeah, I, yeah, I can. Well, that's yeah, like, uh, like maybe. Jennifer's parents. That's they listen to all that stuff, you know. My, oh, okay. my father, like my father, was like, you know, my father, his favorite singer was Nat King Cole. You know what I mean? He wasn't into like country music or any of that. He was into old sort of crooner stuff. Um, and my mother was all into like musicals, which was awesome for me because as a musician, that was an education that if she had not been into musicals and exposed me to all of that stuff. I'd have no idea. And it really does, you know, Broadway musicals is really a cornerstone um, of, of modern music, you know, um, out there. And I think it's something that everybody should, should know something about. 
but uh like i say for her what we can listen to this stuff and you know for for us we put that stuff on that's almost like we're sitting in her parents you know kitchen playing board games you know what i mean because that's what they listen to it's and the cool thing is that it's the kind of music that kind of goes on in the background it can be sort of you know uh it's the kind of music that you can listen to passively which is nice you know okay yeah i I don't know for i know for me there's a lot of stuff that i have a hard time listening to passively because as a musician when i am hearing it i'm like really engaged with what i'm hearing and i want to pay attention to it um you know, a buddy of mine on Facebook the other day, uh, other day said, you know, I finally realized that I'm one of those people who, if I realize that I haven't been paying attention to a song, I'll stop it and rewind it to the beginning and start it all over again. And I'm definitely one of those people. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, but I am. Yeah, like, all of a sudden I realize I haven't been paying attention to a particular tune. I'll take it to the beginning and start it, you know. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like I say, it's, uh, Pearl Jam fans, if you don't know that they got this new album out there, it's out there. It's interesting. Some of the stuff that I listen to, not too bad, you know, and uh, good for them. It's actually good to see that. Uh, I mean, I'm not a huge fan, but it's good to see that these guys are still out there making music and, and doing their thing. So what do you got for uh, New Music Monday? Well, uh, so I need to preface. So I've been a fan of this band since, uh, let's say, 10th grade okay 10th 10th grade and the first song that i ever heard of by this band was called head like a hole nine inch nails yeah nine inch nails yeah like pretty hate machine yep and then and then um i really didn't get into like broken because of the whole like you know record label thing but once downward spiral came out like i was all into downward spiral right but trent reznor has done it again really uh yeah so he released uh it's called ghosts five and six uh, I've only gotten through most of five and I'm waiting on six just because I'm trying to absorb everything. But you need to know that he also came out with Ghost one through four previously. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, who think like, you know, this is going to blow some people's minds. Okay. Especially those that, that listen to pop music. But the song, Old Town Road, right? Okay. Uh, Nas X by not sampled a song from one of Nine Inch Nails, the Ghost album. Okay. That that intro like lick from from Old Town Road is from one of the Ghost albums. Oh, okay. Yeah. So That's cool. Yeah. Right. And everyone thinks, oh yeah, it's a country tune. No. It's a nine inch nails. Team. Wow, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, but this new one, you know, and like, you know, uh, his partner Atticus Ross, uh, man, this Ghost Five is pretty fucking amazing. Really? Um, you know, and and here here's the deal with Trent Reznor, and if if you don't, and Atticus Ross. They, they don't use electronics as a crutch. Right. They, they use electronics and synths and sounds and what, in my opinion, they use that as a medium to convey the music that is inside their Sure, of course. No, I get that. Uh, Well, you know. It's it's kind of like people, you know, some people have a thing on that, you know. Right. But Ghost, Ghost 5, what I've gone through, uh, is called Together. Yep. And, uh, you know, some of my favorite, Your Touch, um, Letting Go, letting I, while holding on. And, and it's hard to, like... It's like, ah, uh, what's that one? What's that one tune? I wrote down like the seventh tune. Oh, hope we can, we can again. Uh, Did he release these albums together? 
Yes, he did. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm actually, you know, I'm actually looking at something right now about about Ghosts Five. You know, uh, was released on the 26th of this month. That's pretty interesting. I mean, that's a lot of music. You know, to drop, drop well, two albums. one through four had over 30 tracks. Yeah. Well, I think the thing that you know, I think that one of the things, and I'm Inch Nails. I've never been a huge fan, um, but I like them. I was more of a uh, you know, I I was more of a, I was always more of a ministry fan than Nine Inch Nails fan. Um, but I think that one of the things that I really appreciate about Nine Inch Nails, you know, and Trent Reznor is the fact that he has been able to assume such a such a degree of autonomy over his own music, you know, which is something that I think almost you know, any, any professional musician out there is longing for, you know, is having an autonomy by autonomy. I mean, control, you know, like Trent Trent Reznor doesn't do anything he doesn't want to do. He does exactly what he wants to do. He's an absolute, I, 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 I put him, I, I look at him in very much the same light as I look at a guy like Peter Gabriel, you know? And I think that was the whole dispute. If I remember correctly on broken, and he was like, okay, you know what? Uh, you, you don't, you want me to change all this stuff? Great. I'm just going to release it. He gave it away for yeah. free. Yep. And, and then, and then I'll release another album that counts towards however many his record deal right. was. Like, I don't give a shit. Yep. Like, this is, this is the album that I want to make. And, you know, sometimes when you, uh, have to be careful here but when when you were beholden to a record company you know the record company a lot of times is looking out for the record well, of course company and not because i mean a lot not the well, i think that I, I mean and and let's all you know i think that you know especially for any any young musicians out there that might be listening to this you know the the reality of the music business is that it is a business it is a business and the record companies now, you know, there was an interview that I, there's an interview that you can find on YouTube out there with Frank Zappa, where he's talking about, you know, who runs the record companies, you know, and he talks about how, you know, back in, you know, back in the, in the sixties, you know, you had these guys who ran the record companies who were willing to sign almost anything because they were willing to experiment. And they were, yeah, it's the, uh, uh, what is it? The what? What did you say? Uh, why not, guys? It's the why not, guys. Yeah. Why not? Well, why not? Go ahead. Sign You know, sign them to a, a, a. Let's do it. And now the record companies, and this has been for years, been run by industry men, industry men and women, and and that's just the way it is. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. You know, I mean, I'm not uh, speaking ill of it. It's just the nature of what it is. It's about making money. You know. Which, which is funny is that the person that he was talking about was David. Geffen. Yeah, right. Uh, and and that you had the, the guys that had a bunch of money, the why not guys. Well, hey, let's let's hire the hippie guy right. who knows all this yep. stuff. But then the hippie guy turned into the the formula yes. person. Yep. And that that that's he was talking about David Geffen about that. But yeah, like, yeah. I'd, and then now this is it. Sure. Right. Um, yeah, because. You know there there is so much good music out there, and and uh, on YouTube, uh, Joe Rogan. I know he's a competitor, <laughs> podcast competitor, but Joe Rogan has a great interview with the Black Keys that they go into right. this, um, and just about like there are tons of beautiful albums that have been shelved. Oh, of course, yep, and and, and like hey. I, I just recorded this album and the company's like, you know what? We don't like it. So we're just going to give you 20,000 bucks and they shelved the album and they put it yep. in a vault never to be seen yeah. again. Now it's, it's pretty amazing, but I mean, you know, it's, it's, I think that what, what is, you know, what is, uh, is, you know, what provides, what provides musicians with hope, you know, what provides them with hope is seeing, people out there artists like Trent Reznor 
and artists like Peter Gabriel and the like, you know, people who've gotten to that point where they have absolute control over what they're doing. And I know there's so many more. We're speaking really within the realm of rock and roll, um, you know, obviously in the R&B business and, and all of that. I mean, everybody I don't really listen to that stuff, but I mean, those folks who do, you know who we're talking about, you know, um, you know, P. Diddy or whatever. Um, so. So here's the crazy thing about the Nine Inch Nails album. Nine Inch Nails on their website released the album for free. Really? But if you go to Apple Music right now, it's on sale for $9.99. Really? Well, see, you know, and that's, I mean, this is a whole, there's a whole other conversation, you know. For, for another episode but you know sort of and we've we've alluded to it in previous episodes sort of uh the future of the future of music you know um and the business and in, in like with regard to say a band like tool you know tool waited until last year to finally decide that they were going to open up their music to streaming services you know for years you couldn't buy a tool album unless you actually bought the tool album you couldn't go on Spotify or Pandora or any of these other platforms and purchase or listen to any, you know, material by tool, you know, but obviously last year it became abundantly clear to that band that that is the future of music. You know, that's the future of the business. Um, There's no more tower records. I mean, I remember when I first moved to Boston, when I was going to music school and you know, I remember going, moving to Boston and walking up the street and going into Tower Records. And oh, my God, man, it was like it was like being a kid in a candy store. You know, it was like you just walked yeah. into Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, man. You know, you go in there and it was literally stories. It was stories of music, you know, and you could just you could get lost in there for hours just walking around and listening to stuff and checking stuff out and. I mean, this is when buying music meant that you actually held something in your hand, you know, um, which is something that I, I enjoy. I mean, I and I, maybe that's a generational thing because that's how it was when I grew up, you know, that like, you know, when you bought music, you literally bought a product and you could hold it in your hand and you could look at the liner notes and check out the cover art. And just there was something about that that was so endearing um, and really, I think, to me, represented this as a piece of artwork you know um which is awesome because it's graphic but at the same time it's auditory um but now obviously you don't really get that because you just press a button on your computer and boom you've got music you know well the the sad thing is this is that as an artist you sign with a label you you make a album And for the most part, the the label owns the right. album. So so they're going to make you money, right? You get a percentage, but of course, they get the bigger percentage. Right. Or sometimes they'll give you money up front. So then when you want to go on the road, then, and I'm telling you, this is the, this is the truth. You have to buy copies of that album, let's say for $7 that you made to sell it for right. 20 So really, you're making $13. Mm-hmm. But then you already paid 7 Right. So really, you're making 6 Right. <laughs> right? When, in fact, that someone will say, how do you spell your band's name? And then download the album off of iTunes. And then at that point, you as the band get no money because if it's on iTunes, that's not what you right. purchase. They, they can download the, the and that money goes straight to the record company with your little bitty percentage attached sure. to that. Think, of, yeah, think about crazy. that. Yeah, that that's rough, mm-hmm. dude. That's yeah. rough. I mean, it's crazy, man. You know, and, and that's one of the things too with uh, 
on that Joe Rogan Black Keys is like, yeah, like, you know, if you know what you're doing, you have an A&R guy in there and like, hey, yeah, uh, the, the, ha- the hi-hat's too high in that. You know, you need to lower that. Well, basically what they're saying is if you don't lower it, then when this record is a failure, then I'm going to blame it on the fact that I told you to right, lower yeah. the hi-hat. And you, and you didn't. didn't do what I said. So it's yeah. their fault. It's, 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 That's it crazy. Is, it is, I was actually looking up because you were wondering about the whole connection with the record label. Um, and we were when we were talking about Pearl Jam. Uh, and uh, this is actually the Nine Inch Nails. And you probably know about this as a big fan. Uh, but it's that this record is actually released on his own label. Uh, well, yeah, because he gave it away yeah, for it's, free. Uh, the Null Corporation is the name of the label. Um, it says uh, after they left uh, Interscope. So, oh, that's right, Jimmy Iovine. That's right. That was the whole thing with Broken. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I I remember the story now. And and you know that's the thing is that. Why do you, the question is, why would you need a label? Sure. Right? Um, Because now bands are releasing albums, singles, mostly singles. uh, And it, you can just post it on social media and then sell, 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 sell. And and that has, you know, the the technology has provided uh, artists with an ability to gain a degree of visibility that they never would have had before. But I will tell you this, you know what the labels do have? They have, hey, my song can be on a Netflix yes. show. It yep. can be on whatever it's streaming. It can on movies. Uh, it can be on a video right. game. Yep. Right? Because like um, uh, Grand Theft Auto has radio stations. Well, if I wanted to be, have my band, you know, a band I'm in, you play blues okay great they have a news station on there people can listen to you you get licensing from that right Right. that is a source of income that a normal run-of-the-day original band they don't have or like dude what would that would be a great station to start you know like the weather channel has has the whole like the, the smooth jazz. Oh, yeah. Dude, think about this. Yep. Let, let's, here we go. This is a proof of concept, uh, Jimbo and Jeremy. Okay, here we go. Same official. as ever was. This is official. Ding, 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 ding. Dude, we do, we do a metal weather station. A metal weather station? A metal weather channel. Could you imagine, like, thunderstorms? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, for the for the for the sunny days and stuff. I don't know. I think it, I feel like almost if there was a heavy metal weather station or weather channel, it would it'd be bad weather all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's sunny outside. Yeah, right. <laughs> the weather in Detroit is 58. You know what I mean? There's a cold front approaching. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, on that note, folks, we're going to wrap up this episode of uh, of uh, Same As It Ever Was. Again, uh, we want to thank everybody. Re- make sure you're reaching out to your fam- uh, your family and friends. Let them know. Um, checking it out. We've got you know, a few more people each each week, each episode. we got a few more 261. People. What? 261. 261. There we go. We're getting closer. Hey, okay. and you know what? I, I want to give a shout out. I have the first shout out ever. Okay. First shout out ever to uh turns out to be one of your friends. <laughs> shout, shout out to Robert Elliott. Oh yeah, Robert Elliott down there in Robert, Florida. Robert Elliott has the distinction of 
posting the first reply to one of our questions or one of in one of our episodes dude that is awesome thanks rob man that is awesome (laughs) yeah that's right he's the first one there we go you know if we make it big yeah he's got a job that dude's got a job there we go (laughs) and you want to talk about music rob's a guy to talk to he he was talking about boston yep he was he was no that is very cool man no very cool hey everybody else out there honestly we post stuff on on the on the page on, you know, we're looking for as much feedback as we can get, you know, any questions or, or comments that you got, um, any sort of, you know, uh, creative advice you want to offer, we're open to it. And, uh, you know, what, uh, Thursday we'll have episode five. Which is what, what, what Star Wars? I don't know. I'll have to figure it out. We'll, we'll leave it till Thursday. We'll fi- we'll think about it between now and then. Yeah. All right, brother. We'll talk to you later. All right. Sounds good, my friend. Bye. Bye.